Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel, and Merry Christmas. Please enjoy this Christmas sermon preached on Christmas Eve 2021 on the basis of Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. and peace are all yours through the word made flesh. Amen. There's a, a lot of excitement and other emotions at the birth of a child. The, the parents, they're obviously excited and perhaps also a little overwhelmed to be parents. The grandparents and the rest of the family, they're excited and anxious to see this new addition to the family. The church is excited to see a new baby and to witness a baptism it could go on for a while about that, but there's a lot of excitement that, that floats around at the birth of a child. And along with that excitement comes possibilities and expectations, as loved ones imagine what the future might hold for this child. That's kind of a fun thought exercise at times, and perhaps also a stressful one. Stressful, especially for parents, because they may wonder what the world will be like for their child. You might worry about that. What sorts of things will he be faced with? What sorts of struggles and pains will he have to endure? Yet on the other hand, what, what might he be good at? That's kind of fun to think about. What might he grow up to be? He could be the next great musician or athlete, the next great architect or businessman. He might grow up to be a responsible, loving man and someday a wonderful husband and father. When a child is born, you kind of let your imagination run free a bit. And at the same time, whether you think about it consciously or not, you also have some expectations for this child. Sometimes realistic and valid expectations, other times unrealistic and invalid expectations. And you can bet Mary was just like every other parent out there. Mary imagined what the future held for her baby. She had nine whole months to process the news that she had received from Angel, the angel Gabriel. And, and she was coming to terms with it, you could imagine, as well as she could anyways. This was going to be her first child. She, she had no idea what it was like to be a mother. She had no idea uh, except from what relatives had told her about how to raise a child. And, and so she had her own imagination of what, what the future would hold. She had her own expectations for what it would be like to be a mother, what it would be like to have a child. But you can also bet that Mary's expectations were perhaps a little different than some of her relatives around her. Because Mary was going to give birth to the Son of God. Mary was going to be the mother of the Messiah. That's going to change things a little bit. But Mary wasn't the only one thinking about this baby and, and what this baby would be like and what this baby would do. She had nine months to think about this, but there, there were a lot of expectations about this particular baby, this Messiah. For, for centuries even, generations upon generations, people have thought about and anticipated the birth of this child. And they had this picture in their head of what this Messiah would be, 
pictures that, that were formed by some of the prophecies that were made throughout the centuries promising the birth of this child. But it wasn't just these that, that formed their pictures of the Messiah. They, they also had this picture in their head of who they wanted the Messiah to be. Many people rightly imagine the Messiah to be a savior and a king because that's exactly what the prophecies had said. They said that he would be a powerful king. He, he wouldn't be corrupt like the kings of the past, but he would be a good king and it would bring about restoration for his people. He would do what is just and right in the land. He would be a savior. He would save the people. He would be a hero. And these were all thoughts that were formed by prophecy, formed by scripture, which means they were true. But the people also had their own thoughts about this Messiah who, that didn't come from scripture. They had their own pictures in their heads of what they wanted this Messiah to be. Some expected that he would uh, save the, the, the people from the Romans and restore Israel to what it once was at the time of David and King Solomon. They expected that he would be a king and a savior that would give them a better life and a better future. And when they pictured that, they pictured it all in an earthly sense. People had expectations for this Messiah that was formed by their wants and their perceived needs. They expected this promised Messiah would be someone who would fill all these wants and perceived needs. And they were not alone. Even you have your own expectations about what you want from Jesus. For example, if you lose your job, then Jesus is going to be the one to give you a new one. And if you don't think that's the case, then, then think about a time that you wanted something from God. You asked him for it, but he didn't give it to you. Or, or maybe he even gave you the opposite of what you asked for. Were you frustrated with him? Were, were you upset with him? Did, did you kind of blame him a little bit? Here's another example. If you're going through tough financial straits, then perhaps you have this subtle hope that Jesus is going to find a way to get you some extra cash. If your loved one has medical problems, then Jesus is going to be the one to heal your loved one, to cure them. A lot of times, your expectations about Jesus revolve around what you want or what you feel like you need. Because it's a pretty universal statement to say we all want a better life and a better future. And whether we verbalize it or not, we expect that Jesus is going to be the one to give it to us. We come up with our own expectations for Jesus that aren't formed by the Word. These are unbiblical expectations. These expectations about Jesus tend to revolve around whatever best serves me. And when those are our expectations, we subtly make ourselves to be God. Think about that for a second. If God is just someone who is supposed to do whatever I want him to do or whatever I feel like I need, then who really is God in that scenario? I am making myself to be God and secretly, that is what we all want. We all want to be the God of our own lives. 
Yet I want you to imagine that Jesus came only and only lived up to our personal unbiblical expectations. What would things be like? Well, for the Jewish people, that would mean Jesus would lead the victory over the Romans. They would no longer have to live under the Roman government or pay their taxes to them. It would mean that Jesus would be their earthly king. He would be a good king over the restored empire of Israel. How about for us? Well, we all have different wants. We all have different desires. So perhaps it would look different for each of us. But for us, it may mean that you would have no problems in life. But we would always be happy and comfortable. We may may even be wealthy and have a big house. Maybe that's what it would look like if Jesus came to only meet your personal unbiblical expectations. But if that is what Jesus came to do, then the Jews would have lived in a great earthly kingdom where their country was in control, but they would have no salvation from sin, death, and the devil. They would have a relatively peaceful earthly life, but would die eternally for their sin. If that's what Jesus came to do, then we would live a happy, comfortable, pain-free life in our giant mansion with all the amenities, but we would have no salvation from sin, death, and the devil. We would live a comfortable life for 80 years, but would be punished eternally for our sin. The point is, if Jesus only came to be the Messiah of our personal earthly needs, and if that's who you want Jesus to be, then your expectations for Jesus are far, far too small. Jesus came to exceed everyone's expectations. Although you may not have thought it looking at the scene in the stable. He was born among animals and laid in a feeding trough. His birth wasn't announced in royal courts, but it was announced to the rugged, worn shepherds on the countryside. Yet, in the humility of the manger, laid God in the flesh. In the humility of the manger, laid the Savior of the world and the peace for all mankind. The angel proclaimed that to the shepherds. They said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then later they sang, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The world may think it ridiculous to put your trust for salvation and peace in a little baby born in humility. But this little baby was the Son of God who came to earth to save you from your sins. This work began with His humble birth and it would end with His humiliating death. Yet it was this work that exceeds our expectations. Our sinful, earth-focused minds expect things of Jesus that are far, far too small and in the grand scheme of eternity are worthless. But God's expectations for Jesus were far grander. God sent Jesus to earth to take care of a problem that many times we pretend doesn't exist, sin. But this was our greatest problem and Jesus came to take care of it. 
God sent Jesus to bring peace to earth. Not, not peace as if there's going to be no more wars or hostility, but peace between God and man. Peace between God and man in a relationship that used to be broken, where there used to be a chasm fixed between God and man, where there used to be hostility. Now, Jesus came to make peace between God and us. And this is no small thing. This peace means that one day you'll be in heaven with Jesus. But it also has ramifications for here on earth as well. This is peace that guards you through difficult times in life. This is peace that gives you confidence even in the face of death. And this is peace that allows you to hold tight and hold unswervingly to the promises of God. God's plans for Jesus were exactly what we needed. And they exceed even our wildest expectations. It is certainly true that the birth of a child brings great excitement. But the birth of Jesus, the Savior, brings a different kind of excitement. It brings excitement that leads to worship. That's why the shepherds immediately ran to worship Jesus. And that's the reason you're here tonight. You're here to worship the humble King born in a manger, who exceeds everyone's expectations. Praise be to Him. Amen.